Six weeks have come and gone. The Low Post Pod is still here. As always, I'm Dan Ruggiero. I'm joined by PJ Thomas. How you doing, Pete? I'm doing good today, Danny. How are you? You know, I'd be doing a little bit better if... Let's just jump into our first game of week six that I want to talk about. Oh, you want to get right into it? Okay. I want to get right into it. Um, to the Rhode Island as Warriors. Can, as everybody can see quick, I did sell out for a, a polo, so... Oh, in God. case anyone's wondering. I so I want to I want to say to the Rhode Island Warriors, I give you guys th- as 13 point underdogs, you win and you get mad at me. That's fine. But I have every right to get mad at you when I favor you by 25 points against the bogey kicks, the 0 and 5 bogey kicks. And it takes 50 points from Gian for you guys to win this game by 3. So, Pete, we're getting right into it. It's Warriors taking down bogey kicks, 91 to 88. What did? What do you think? I mean, he can't – I mean, I guess he can because he has been, but he just kind of th- has to throw everybody on his back and keep doing what he's doing. But, you know, we tried to give them the credit that they finally earned, and then they give us a little scare like this. So I don't really know what happened. Um I know that the interns are all saying the game that they're looking forward to watching next week because they think it might be close as us versus bogey. So I don't know why they're all of a sudden riding the coattails of an 0-6 team, but, you know, I don't think this one should have been as close as it was. I mean, I think everybody would have favored Warriors by more than 10 at least. Um, So it's just a little – it's a little concerning because you've played very well against much better teams. Um, and so for you to struggle this much against a team that legitimately is struggling to even put the ball in the hoop, um, it's a little bit concerning to me, but you know, I, I think they're going to be okay. It could have been a trap game, honestly, like they just could have been like, screw it. And you know what it is, what it is. And, you know, we've had trap games like that before our first game of the year, we struggled against the Lincoln 18ers and you know, it's whatever it's not, it happens, but this isn't the time that for the Warriors that they should be collecting any rust because they need to, they need to stay hot right now. Gian clearly is, but I don't know about the rest of the guys. So they got to pick up the slack. Yeah. I think looking at this game and watching this game, it kind of reminded me of, do you remember the winter 2019, our first season? Uh, We lost to the swish kebabs 99 to 97. And it was yes. like one of those top four teams in the league against one of those bottom feeders of the league. And you're like, what the hell are these guys like doing in a close high scoring game against this, this team of scrubs. And it's like, right. Now I don't want to necessarily call some of the guys on the bogey kick scrubs because some of them did have very good games. Uh, Chase banks, 28 points. David Dupina shows up with six minutes to go in the third quarter and he finishes the game with 21 points. So it's like what I was saying last week, where if you get your three best guys there for a full game, like you wonder what's going to happen. I wasn't expecting as close of a game against the Warriors, but it's like if David DePine is there all four quarters, what do you like? What does this game turn into? No, and I think that's what's scary for the Warriors, right? Is they were, he's arguably their best player when he's there. And you barely won a game where he was there for less than half of it. Um, if I'm Gian, I'm concerned because 
not of what he can do on the offensive end or the defensive end, because as we know, he's literally speaking himself into the MVP conversation, right? Like he's literally, he's just doing it. Um, yeah, 50 points, eight rebounds, four assists, four steals, a block. I don't know what else really he can do besides maybe shoot a little better from three, but when you drop 50, who cares? Yeah, when you're um, scoring more than half your team's points, I mean, like, Hachi and Sergio and Henrique also had great games, like decent games as role guys on that team. But you know, you I think do? you miss. I think you miss Correa here a little bit. Um, you know, player of the decade, right? We we talked about that a little bit. Over, oh yeah, we uh, found that over David Duke, who Providence is, Journal um, had Charles Correa as their player of the decade for Rhode Island high school basketball. Yes, and in second place was NBA uh, NBA player David Duke. So I mean. Credit to him. He's a good baller. We, we've known that. Um, and I think you miss him a little bit here because he's probably your second, first or second best scorer. He's right there with Gian. So not having that's a little bit difficult. So maybe you can kind of chalk it up to that. Um, but I'm if I'm the Warriors, I'm, I'm happy we got a win. But, man, am I nervous about, you know, what that means the rest of the way. If, if God forbid, something happens to, you know, Charles or anything or Gian, not that you would ever wish anything, but you know, it, what happens if Gian can't be there or he gets hurt or something like that, what are they going to do? You know? And, uh, and so I, I'm a little worried if I'm them. Yeah. You wonder they get the 18ers next week. So you're hoping it's a little bit of like a bounce back for them. And they actually like play up to what we've come to know as their standards. But if they're going to be one of those like three, four, five seed teams come playoff time, you got to wonder what it's going to be like in a matchup, like with say the werewolves, because they don't play them in the regular season. So if the first time they see the werewolves is in the playoffs and you've got a team like the werewolves that are seasoned in playoff basketball, you wonder what it's going to be like for the warriors. I mean, even like, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but what happens if they have to run into the ozone boys early in the playoffs, right? Like I know you beat the ozone boys, but that was a pretty close Everybody game that they it. beat them by, though. I think six. I think it was. It wasn't too much. Um, you know what happens if you got them into the Ozone Boys who are having a tough regular season, but have been through the playoff grind already? Like that's that for me. That's that's a tough. Like if you're gonna start struggling now, is not the time to do it. So mm. obviously, Gian's not struggling, but the guys around him really need to pick it up. All right, and we had mentioned the werewolves when it comes to playoff basketball, but now moving back to regular season basketball. Uh, this was another one of those weird games where, like, we were talking in our group chat leading up to the Boy Bowl, and, like, Brian Yars is like, is, are werewolves going to lose? And it kind of looked like it for a little bit, but the werewolves have a huge fourth quarter that pulls them away as they beat only the fam 92-71. to 71. Uh, big surprise. It was Brian again, 37 points, 22 rebounds. Um, for only the fam, it was not Jaron Thomas this week. It was Mike Bartholomew making it rain. Jake Perry making it rain. They shot a little bit better from three than they have been. And for three quarters of basketball, they actually looked like they were playing some defense, which we were, I mean, everybody's been saying the post game show has been saying it. We've been saying it. They kind of need to be playing defense to be in these games. And they were for three quarters, but it just kind of got away from him at the end. You know, I mean, the the werewolves have exactly um, what everybody kind of has been saying about us and why we're 6-0. and The werewolves are the same exact way. Like, they can close out a game, you know. 
Um, if you give the werewolves any life in the fourth quarter, it, it it's over. Like you can't you can't give them any life in that fourth quarter. So yeah, we're six and zero because we're able to close out close games and we're able to you know all right yeah fourth quarter was now we're down by one let's go win it we know we're gonna win. And the, the werewolves are the same way. They're they're that season. They might not be as talented or as deep as uh, some other teams, but they they know how to get it done. And if you have a team that knows how to get it done, you have to keep your foot on the gas for all four quarters. And if you don't do that, you're not going to win. Um, you know, the teams that have been able to beat them have kept their foot on their throat for four quarters, and that's really it. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do when when Brian Hessen's dropping 40 and 25? I mean, you know, not the exact numbers, but just about. So, I mean, how do you beat that? How do you, how do you realistically beat that? And the answer is you don't. Um, He's he's a multiple time MVP in this league. He he knows what it's like. Um, you know he he knows how to close out those close games. He knows how to win games. And at the end of the day, unless you are able to completely neutralize him and what he does, then the the werewolves, if you let them hang around, they're going to win close games. So I think that's where you chalk it up to. I give only the fam a lot of credit because the werewolves are not an easy team to beat. But you know, I mean. At the end of the day, I think the werewolves are a better team, so I'm not too surprised that they won. Yeah, I think the other thing I want to touch on, which I noticed this a little bit in last week's games, and then I noticed it in this week's games as well. I'm kind of starting to dig the Jared Gansert to Connor Harrington connection that they have going on with this team. I know I got I, I'll I'll come out and say it. I'll come out of the shadows. I was the one who did tweet the we will adopt your baby post on the Dewey's boys Twitter <laughs> that everyone seemed to really like, but it seems like every other highlight when it's both of them on the floor or it's a highlight involving one of them, Jared's like getting some good passes off. He's throwing lobs to Connor. He's throwing like no look behind the back passes to Brian. Like, he's doing some shit that's not showing up in the stat sheet. So I really, I need to give him a shout out because it's, it's fun to watch sometimes. You know, he, he went from his first season, well, the first season that we were there playing the same exact role that I do, where if it's a close game, you probably not putting him in the game. Right. And now he's like starting and actually making a contribution. So I give him a lot of credit. He's actually gotten a lot better. He's making a little bit of a name for himself. Um, probably won't win it, but a potential eye for most improved player just because he literally went from scoring two points a game to now he's dropping in the double digits. So, you know, good for him. He deserves it. And, uh, you know, he deserves to help them uh, get to some wins. All right, we're going to move over. I'm going to save our pick and Joey's pick for game of the week is the last two games. I mean, I think, right. do, do we cover, do we cover the boy bowl last or do we cover the, the real game of the week last? I'll take the boy bowl last. Yeah, absolutely. It's our podcast. We can be biased. So we're going to go over to Sin City and the Lincoln 18ers. Sin City ends up taking this one by 14, final score of 79 to 65. Before we say anything about it, I want to come out and make an admission here. I have heard so many conflicting pronunciations of a certain player on Sin City. I've heard Joey go by Devon Pina. I've heard other people, I've heard the interns say Devin Pina. I think Devin Pina is what I heard first. So that's what I ran with. I don't, I don't, I don't know which one it is. I would love someone to give me some clarity on what it is. So I'm just going to say Pina, but he leads the way for Sin City as he has been the last couple of weeks, 37 points, 17 rebounds. Um, one crazy highlight, which I had sent in our group chat. He nutmegs, uh, what's his name? 
Tom Carroll on the Lincoln 18ers <laughs> and that. then pulls up from just past half court and nothing but net. And you just hear Tom Carroll go, did you get that on snap? And he just looks so defeated. It was the funniest thing. And I think, I think you heard his girlfriend or someone in the background go shoot a baby. And he, and he drained it. So I think he had some support in the stands. Um, you know, I, I think his, his rightful nickname should be the third more brother or booger cousins because that's who he resembles mostly in his game um you know just in terms of uh of uh you know some uh, doppelganger stuff there but no all, all in fun he's he's very good um he's actually pretty quick for a big dude like that um you know and and he's a key piece for them um when he has an off night they struggle uh, but when he's on they, they play really well um and their point guard is taj right eddington yeah. 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 He's, he's very good too. And, you know, he just kind of muscles it out down there. He's a, he's a big boy, you know, not maybe not in height, but in uh, stature, he is a strong dude. So, you know, going to the, he's able to get to the hoop, shoot the ball. I really like him as a guard. You know, I think they're going to be a tough outcome playoff time for sure. Um, as Shane likes to call him, you know, they have uh Stan sitting uh, off the, the coming off the bench and, you know, he, he's able to contribute a little bit. I believe that's Justin Titsworth. Um, and you know, he, uh, he, he, he can hit some shots too. So I think they're going to be just fine. Um, you know, we, we, the Duye's boys gave, uh, Garen Megadici and our honorary Duye's boys Jersey the other night. So I think he, uh, we might be stealing a player from you guys, but, um, you know, I think they have a good team all the way around and I'm excited to see what they do in the playoffs. It's going to be a good matchup with uh, whoever they go up against for the 18ers. It threw me off a little bit because I, I watched all the highlights of this game probably two or three times and it looked like they shot I mean granted I mean I know the Snapchat feed is only really showing the makes and not the misses but the box score says they only made nine threes and looking at it it just it felt like watching it that they shot better than they actually did Are I you, mean they shot nine Lincoln? for 41 from three Lincoln did yeah, Lincoln did. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Um, ugh. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a terrible shooting night. Let's call it a spade a spade here. Nine for 41 does not sound great, reading it off the stat sheet. So, I mean, you have the the, the usual guys at the top, um, you know, with Reddington, Chris Adams, Ryan Musket. Um, then you have Ethan Cloutier again, who uh, who shot 40% from three. But when you have Chris Adams going three for 13 and Ryan Musket going two for 11, and, you know, even Brennan Reddington, one for six. I mean, what what does that do? How does that help you? Um, and, you know, I think, like I, I've said this time and time again on the podcast, I think they have too many guys who try to play the same role and it just does not work out for them. Uh, they need Guys need to adopt other roles. You cannot shoot 41 threes in a game if you're only going to hit nine. If you're going to hit, you know, double digits, maybe it's a little bit better. It looks a little bit better, but you can't go nine for 41 and expect to win games because everyone's trying to shoot threes and get theirs. You know, you have to adopt different roles and get to the hoop and do what you got to do. So that's my criticism for them. I, I mean, again, I don't want to take anything away from them. I don't think they're a bad team. We favored them in a few matchups, but they just have, it, it's like if you had a team of, of everybody who was like Jalen Brown, like how would you successfully win a championship? You could never do it because they all play the same roles. So, you know, I, I think they got to, some guys have to swallow their pride and do a little bit of a different role for them if they want to make a deep playoff run. But, you know, right now I don't know how that, how realistic that looks. Yeah, it's definitely a, 
you wonder what they could be if they were a little bit more sound in their game plan because they've got like four or five guys that can score in double figures on a given night and they're like right. like we were in our first year they come out in that zone defense because they find that it's it's easier to to play up against some of these teams in the zone than it is with man so it's like right you wonder you hope that they can put the pieces together and they've got two chances at it next week which we'll get to later because they've actually got two games to play because of that yes. week off they had a few weeks ago we're going to do the game of the week now and get to the real game of the week last before we get to our week seven forecasting here. But the game of the week was Lob City against the Crooks. And Joey does not live to get a win against Lob. I don't know. Has Halfway ever beat Lob? Not that I know of. Yeah, not that I'm aware of either. But uh, I mean, regardless, they don't beat them again. Final score 71 to 60. Uh, it was a little bit of a turn back the clock game for Cody Crawford, in my opinion. He's yeah, coming out 24 waiting. points, hitting six threes, looking like looking like the thousand point score that we know. You know, I said we've been waiting on a rookie card uh, Cody game this year, and uh, I think this was the one for him. Uh, he really showed out, and uh, they actually Vic came back, which there were rumors that he was never gonna be back the rest of the season, and they had Nuri back, so they were full strength, they were ready to go, and. Uh, you know, Lob City's a tough team to beat full strength. They're a tough team to beat, not full strength. So, you know, obviously they're going to be the most difficult out in the playoffs for us. I mean, anybody's going to be tough, but, you know, I think those top two teams, us and Lob, are going to be an extremely difficult out for anybody. And, uh, you know, you know what you're going to get out of them. I, I mean, regardless, I think the standing, the way the standings are right now, whether it's, you know, um, I know we'll talk about this later again, but if we win next week, we clinch the one, um, you know, and, and obviously if things go a little bit differently, regardless, I think it shakes out where um, it's looking like the, that the one and two are essentially locked up between those two teams, regardless. Um, so, you know, I mean, yeah, definitely a turn back to clock game for Cody and uh, Spence Freeman did hit two threes, Danny. He dedicated those to you. I, I heard. So, oh yeah, that's what I heard um, too. You know, 16 points, still 25% from three. But, you know, Joey Zacco is starting to, to make some noise in the stat sheet these last couple of weeks. Um, the commissioner said, I'm done watching from the sidelines. I'm going to take action in my own hands, start hitting some threes. And, you know, double-double, almost sniffing a triple-double, I believe, last week. And now he's uh, the third leading scorer on the team this week for a win. Uh, for a lo- Even though it's a loss against Lob, I mean. Um, you know, it's a, that's a tough game for somebody to score nine points who usually puts up a zero in the stat sheet. So good on you, Joey. I'll give you your flowers today. A lot of ricochet shots going at Joey. The thing yeah. that I'm most curious about, because, I mean, Joey touched on it in the postgame show. He was like, you might look at the box score and think, oh, it's only 11-point loss. He was like, for most of this game, it was not an 11-point game. And, I mean, even I saw that. It was like a lot of, lot of shots at the end, lack of defense at the end that – allowed them to kind of bring it from that 20 plus margin to that 11 deficit that it ended up being right. But one thing that I, I think of looking and watching this game was that Jared and Jeff, who are arguably your two best players night in night out combined for 14 points. Yeah. The Jays can't do that. Yeah. They affect, they laid an egg. So it's like, what do you, what does this game turn into if they're actually like playing like we know and, and love how they play? Yeah, the Jays turned into Blue Jays this week and dropped a couple eggs out there. But, uh, you know, I mean, everyone's going to have an off night. 
probably not the best night to have an off night when you're playing the second best team in the league. Little shot there. Um, but, you know, I mean, everyone's going to have a bad night. I don't think they were expecting to win this game, unfortunately. I don't think that halfway has that killer mindset where they think they're going to win every single game. Um, you know, certain teams have that. I, th- I believe the wearables have that. Um, and I think part of the to, – to touch on that point that you just said where they don't have that killer mindset, one thing that I always think of when Joey's talking about playoff forecasting is – He's like, he talks about these teams because we were talking about how much talent there is in the league. And he's like, oh, yeah, like if you get a draw where you have the Ozone Boys the first round, I don't want to play them. Oh, I don't want to play Sin City in the playoffs. Oh, I don't want to see the Warriors in the playoffs. It's like, have the, have the attitude that you guys can take down anybody on any given night. I mean, you've got a talented team. Yeah. I mean, you can go on to our nine man rotation and ask anybody who we want to play first round of the playoffs and their answer will be, we'd love to play lob first round. Like we don't care. You know what I mean? And it's like, and lob probably doesn't care who they play either in the playoffs every game. Cause they think they're going to win every game. And I, the werewolves are the same way. Cause we know how they operate. And I think and if you're going to win a championship, you've got to have that killer mentality. Like it does not matter who steps on the other side of the court. They're not winning the game. Like, that's just it. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if they have the best player in the world. They're not winning. And while that might not be true, you know, you have to have that mindset that you guys are killers. I mean, you hear Shane every week screaming, uh, it's murder time every time, you know, we send the death lineup out there. And, and everyone truly believes that. Like, yeah, if those four guys are out there, we're not losing. Like, wrap it up, you know? So um, I think they got to develop that killer mentality because I think there's – I think one guy on that team has that killer mentality mentality um to be honest with you and it's jeff winchell um i think he's a dog i really like jeff um but i mean we've seen it time in and time out like and i love mark and i love jared and and spence and all and joey and all that but like we've seen mark's performances in the playoffs you know we've seen jared's performances in the playoffs it's like they're not they're not the kind of players and this is going to sound like a shot but it's really not like it's just it's just the reality of it they're not the kind of players that are going to are going to shine when the lights are the brightest, you know, like you think Brian Hessen's performing now when it's playoff time, he's going to be on another planet. Like that's just how good he is. Johnny and Vinny the same way. Um, you know, and, and, and I bet you, I bet you Gian's going to be the same way. Cause I, I, he's a absolute dog when he's playing. So it's guys like that. It's like, who's going to rise when, when the lights are the brightest and, and, you know, everyone's eyes are watching you to see what you do. And I don't know if halfway has anybody like that. I really don't. And that's, I, I, it sounds terrible to say, but you know, I, I, what do you think? Am I, am I wrong in saying that? Or, or what's the reality there? I, I mean, I don't, I don't think you're wrong in saying it. It's just definitely like Joey was saying on the post game show, like he's like trying to already shop some size adjustments for next season because he's like yeah he's like even during the season the gm never stops but it's like are you gonna get something that's just gonna make your team bigger or are you gonna get something that's really gonna put you over the edge because right now it's like i do think they're probably one of those top five top four teams in the league but it's like given the chance like in a do or die game in like a semifinals or a finals against the duyes boys or against lob city i don't think they pull it out no, and, and again, I, I don't want to sound like we're taking shots at them. It's just like, you're right. Like, 
they're I feel like they're always looking for that next thing that they're that the next player that they're gonna you know scout from another team that's gonna make them better. Like yes, Jeff was a great addition to the team, but it, you're you you can't be looking right now. Like you have to be focused on what you got and what you can make work. Um, you know, like look at look at us. How we're not the biggest team. Shane's not the biggest guy in the league by far, and he's not even in there usually when our best lineups out there. And he knows that like that death lineup is the small, one of the smallest lineups in the league, you know, and, and that doesn't matter. You, you can't worry about things like that. You have to go out and get what your team needs. If that's what you're concerned about. Um, you know, when we added Brian, it wasn't because, Oh, we want to add, we want to add, you know, a short guy who can handle the ball. Like, no, we needed a, we needed a guy who had, fantastic basketball IQ that could run the point and give Johnny a break. Like that's why we got Brian, you know, so making your team bigger does what for you, you need to make your team better at the things that you lack. And I think three point shooting is a struggle for them. Um, I don't think size is a struggle because Jeff is one of the best big men in the league. Like, there's, I don't think that that's the problem for them. I think it's their depth and I think it's a little bit of shooting, you know? So that, that's where I sit with that. All right. Well, you had just touched on it, like us adding players, us like what, how the Douye's boys are doing what they do. We're going to move on to that. We got a team full of dogs taking down a team full of puppies. Maybe we, maybe we say uh, it's the Douye's boys and the ozone boys. It's boy bowl three. The good boys end up winning 83 to 74. We don't cover that spread that Shane said at 13. I think mainly because of that third quarter. Yeah, it was an off third. Yeah, it was. Sure. I mean, it was a 10 point game at half. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then they went on a little run. They bring it a little closer. I don't know. Did they take the lead in the third quarter at all? Down by one going into the fourth. Okay. Okay. Because I was going to say, I remember there was one point, I think it was in the second quarter that someone hit a shot and you hear Paul McGuire go, give me the lead. And we were talking about Vinny. Like there's always something that somebody like says or does. And Vinny's like, all right, that's all I need. And that was it for Vinny because he immediately comes down the court, the next possession hits a three again and goes, give me it back. And then then, you guys went on a 15 0 run, I think to end the half. And I was really hoping that you guys never lost the lead again, because if he said that, give me the lead. And then they didn't lead once for the rest of the game. That would have been probably one of the coldest moments in league history for me. Well, at one point someone said something to Vinny and like, he has this like, second gear that he puts himself into when someone pisses him off i don't know like it it doesn't change physically or emotionally but you can just kind of see it like he'll give the bench a look and be like yeah like it's wrap it up and he came down the court and literally pulled three four threes in a row no it was that that stretch of three threes that he hit was all consecutive um he came down the court hit three in a row from deep and we were like yeah whoever pissed him off good job um you know but um, a little bit of an offshoot night for us. They got a little bit better from three. Um, can you just scroll up so I can see our field goal percentage? They were at 46. We were at 46, about the same. They shot a little bit better from three. But, Danny, look at the difference for us this week. What was the difference here? What do you see? That's been a struggle for us in our last few games. Oh, free throws. Free throws. Look we shot at that. Fantastic from free throw. Yes. that's we, we were surprised because we had been shooting like 40% from the free throw line. And we're usually like an 80% from the line team. So this was nice to kind of get ourselves back after our last game, you know, against uh, Lob where we were struggling to hit free throws. Johnny was like, yep, everyone just go home and take free throws for a week. So I think that worked. 
And uh, now we were back to ourselves at the free throw line. We just got to get back to ourselves at the three point line. And I think we're, uh, we're unstoppable from there. So, you know, we're, we're getting right back on track. We're getting a little bit hotter. Zach Tartaglia had a night. He showed up tonight, uh, last night rather, um, you know, the girlfriend was there and, and Shane, you know, made it known that she has to come to every game now because Zach, Zach was having a night. Um, there was one play. I, I hope they got it on Snapchat where I believe Johnny or Brian threw it from beyond half court for an alley-oop for Zach. And he, and he caught it in the air, but like didn't have time to readjust himself and then threw a behind the back pass mid air to Vinny for an, another dunk. And it was, absolutely absurd like that's the kind of stuff that zach's capable of um he just gets up there and he can hang with anybody he can jump out of the gym so you know it was a great night all the way around uh, we played well it was a, a game with a lot of chirping you know uh shane made it known that he would not let his son be a statistic and that he had uh you know let eric isom know he was in the building so um you know that's and and they weren't too happy about that they they wanted shane to get tacked up but they kept no, complaining and like I feel like one of their only comebacks was this guy's 30. And I mean he is now. He is. So I mean you that's and, it's not much of and, an insult. And, you're just you're and just saying you know, the you're, truth. You're you were wishing him a happy be, birthday, is what you were doing. Yeah, you know, they were saying you're old enough to be my dad. And he was like, Yep, you know, and I and I'm gonna make sure I'm in my son's life. And he's got these witty comments that he always throws out during the games. And it's surprising because you know, um, a lot of guys when they when they shit talk they'll just say some like nasty things and it's not but Shane's are pretty witty and and they're funny and I think that that more so gets under people's skin than anything so you know he does a good job with it and, and honestly like when you have a when you have one of the Hogan brothers yelling about how many points Shane is scoring like we already won like that's like that's that's his job and like he's if you're if the other team is worried about Shane scoring two points like it's already over like you can't Shane's not a 15 to 20 point guy. And he knows that. And I mean, granted, he had that exploded exploding playoff game in the semifinals where he hit five threes and we were like, Oh my God. But you know, I mean, you, you, when you're worried about that, we were, we're already too far in your head at that point. So, you know. Yeah. I think if you're worrying about Shane, but you're letting the big three, three of the better players on this team and in this league and Brian all put 20 on you. Yeah. And Brian, which I want to say, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast. I don't know what the intern's line of thought is on this. When are we starting the national campaign for Brian to get fifth man of the year? Because I don't see anybody else that's anywhere close to him. No, it's not even remotely close. No, it's not. There's no way. There's there's honestly legitimately no way that it's even close. I mean, former MVP, but dude literally comes off the bench and has the biggest impact of anybody in the league. He he comes off the bench and everyone's like, ah, shit, you know, the, the, the death lineups in and for a guy coming off the bench to be considered in that i'm gonna say it, the best lineup in the league right now wrap it up he's got like take that fifth that, that brendan degnan award home you know so um mm-hmm. i think he's the front runner for it and i'd be absolutely shocked if he doesn't win it but you know he probably doesn't really care he just wants to win a championship it's what's on his mind so shout out to the ozone boys they kept it close they did a good job uh we we battle test them a little bit they do like to flop a little bit we noticed that but um we learned some new things about clear path fouls you know so i guess that's oh yeah a, didn't, that's they, didn't they try to call one yeah and, and the ozone boys weren't too happy that they didn't call it but you know i can't remember you gotta, you gotta know that of, that's that's your league history there the halfway you know, crooks have made a staple of the clear path not a clear path foul 
yeah, you know, I, I can't remember in the four years I've been in the league if there's ever been a clear path foul called. And if it would be, it'd be on halfway crooks, right? Um, someone's getting paid behind the scenes there. But, you know, I, I, it's whatever. We end up getting the win at the end of the day, and a win is a win. We'll take it 6-0, and wrap it up. Yeah, and that's it for our week six matchups. And the Ozone boys don't get a win. A loss is a loss. But they have two chances next week to get a win. And we'll talk about those. But I think we stick with the Duyes boys for week seven. First, we get this one out of the way. Uh, it's the 6-0 and Duyes boys against the 0-6 bogey kicks. You were saying we need to get better at shooting. I don't see – there's no better uh, practice, I think, than – against the bogey kicks let me tell you something one of the interns said that they're looking forward to seeing this game honestly because... i'm not gonna lie i kind of i kind of like the love there because you've got clearly better games for game of the week you've got like lob ozone you've got lob lob jr or you've got werewolves halfway two of the original franchises of this of this league matching up but you're gonna pick the undefeated against the defeated because they the, almost because squeaked out a win against a pretty good team yeah you know and it's like yeah, if we lose this game, all credit in the world to Bogey. But I'd be willing to bet my house that that we win this game. I mean, like I said, we're confident with anybody. Um, we're not going to take them lightly because the minute you do that is when you let them back in the game, right? And I think that's what the, the Warriors did. Um, we're going to treat it like we're playing lob. So, you know, have fun to the guys that are out there because uh, I might be on the court this week. And if you see me out there, then – and you know the game's done, so. Yeah, the other thing about this game, which I'll touch on this, and then I'll touch on, like, a, a key to the game, if you will. If the Duyes boys win this week against the bogey kicks to go 7-0, and they officially clinch the one seed because they can lose uh, week eight against the Werewolves, and Lob can win. They both be 7-1, and one, and Duyes boys have the tiebreaker. So, you win this, you got the one seed. Hey, so – there's a lot on the line because if we win this week, then a little special guest gets to play a lot more in week eight. Yeah. I so, think that's gotta be the, uh, the name of the game. You win against the bogey kicks and you let Dan Ruggiero take 30 shots. You know, the mullet man himself, he's going to be, he's going to be coming out uh, ready to go. Um, but you can't look past this week. It's too important. You know, week eight against the werewolves, you might see a start a lineup of uh, me, Verducci, Nate, and Danny. So <laughs> that's, that's the case where we'll have a blast because uh, we're probably not coming out. But yeah. Oh, I forgot. We got to set spreads. If I'm going to set a spread here, I'd put it. I'd, I'll give the, the Duyes boys the 25 and a half, which Do we it. gave Lock the Warriors in. so generously last week. And they said, no, we don't want it. Only reason it might not be that way is if, is it, like I said, if you see me in there for more than five minutes mm. and the game's way out of hand. So, and I think, I think the key to the game is, <laughs> when you look at like the sin city game where you have uh pina on sin city uh devin devon pina who was at who's averaging like 35 and 15 on the year and he comes in and puts up 14 and 6 against the duyes boys and if you take a team like the bogey kicks who kind of live and die by getting inside with chase banks and uh david Dupina. They kind of live and die by being able to get to the rim. So you wonder, like, what's the Duyes boys defense going to do there? So I think they're going to stifle them. I think it's a 25-point win at least. You know, Matt Bogey's been, like, really scoring these last two weeks. And it was an efficient I – mean, it was an efficient 20 yeah, points this week. I'm gonna, I'm, so last time we played against Matt Bogey is when he was on the wearables. And he was guarding Vinny. 
and tried to tell Vinny he was too small. And Vinny hit four threes in a row. And we were like, yeah, we probably, probably shouldn't have done that. So I, we're, 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 why don't you match up with Vinny this week, Matt Bogey, and uh, we'll see how that one goes. I'm going to put, uh, if that's the defensive matchup, I'm going to say Vinny drops 30. Yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to watch that any day of the week. Uh, okay, so I'm going to move to the first matchups of the, the doubleheader teams. The first one is they're playing both at seven and nine. So they at least get an hour break in between. I think that's very, uh, very generous of union boss, Joey Zocco. <laughs> but uh, the first one we have Lob City against the Ozone Boys. It's five and one against one and four. I said it earlier. It's Lob against Lob Jr. I still think Lob wins. I think Lob wins, but I think Ozone's got balls. And I think they're going to they're gonna play to win this game because that'll be a huge statement win. Look, if you had won last night, it would have been a huge statement win. If you win against Lob, that's an equally as big statement win. I'll go out there and say that. Because I, yeah, think, I think best case look, scenario Lob, Lob for the hasn't, Ozone boys. Lob, Lob oh, hasn't sorry. lost anybody but us. Lob hasn't lost anybody but us. So they're just, they're just as, you know, they're right there. They're just as good. And so you got the two best teams in the league back to back. You win one of them. That's a win. You know, that, that's a win. Yeah, I think best case scenario for the Ozone boys is you go 2-0 this week in your two games. But I think most realistic scenario is you go 1-1. One one. You lose to Lob, you end up getting the 18ers. Yeah, I see them probably losing to Lob. I don't think Lob's gonna. Lob doesn't let games go. They don't. They don't get themselves into trap games. Mm. But I, so I put this game. I put Lob as like ten and a half point favorites. Yeah, I'll give them ten and a half. Yeah. Uh, so then the other seven p.m. game, the other first of doubleheader, we have the Warriors against the Eighteeners. Another one of those matchups where, if you're the Warriors, like, do I want to favor you? too heavily because I favored you very heavily against the worst team in the league. And this is what you did with it. So it's like, what product are we going to get? Six and a half. Yeah. Six and a half. I feel like is fine. I think it's a, I mean, we talked about the 18ers. I mean, these are two teams that like to shoot a lot. I mean, Gian shot 22 threes on his own against bogey. And then you've got the 18ers who shot, I think, what was it? 44 threes in their loss last week. So it's like, Gian, this is not a reflection of you, this spread. If we were betting on your points, we would set it at like 35. But however, because your team has been struggling to separate themselves in these games and they're letting them get close, we're going to give you one last benefit of the doubt and set it at six and a half here. And you got to, you got to do us a favor on this one. So if you let this one slip, we're going to have to go back to not favoring you, but you know, we'll see. I think you guys are going to pull it out. Well, I think it's, um, it's who do so who do they have? They have the 18 ers this week. And then I think only the fam to close it out. That, that could They're be another good game after we see how they played with the werewolves. That, I mean, you never uh, know. If I'm a betting man, I'm betting on the warriors to win out. Cause I think they're that good. And yeah, I, th- get, I think uh, so. Too. Charles back. Unless you get Charles back. They clearly don't need Kevin Figueroa. So screw it. He's done. Uh, wipe him out of the equation. Um, they get Charles back and he's uh, game ready. Um, you know, he, uh, they're going to be good, dude. I, I don't see them losing the rest of the way. Capping off uh, game two of the doubleheader at 9 p.m. It's Ozone Boys and Lincoln 18ers. They're both one and four now. 
they both have potential to be one and five come nine o'clock, but somebody's coming yeah. out of this week with at least two wins. I'm going to say ozone here. They're a much more seasoned team. They're a much better team than their record shows. It's unfortunate. Um, Cause realistically they are probably like a fifth or sixth best team in the league right now in reality. And they just have had a tough schedule and some tough losses. I'm going to say ozone comes out of this game, regardless with the win. Regardless of what happens in the seven o'clock games, I think they come out on top at, at the nine o'clock game. Yeah, I wonder like the 18ers are one of those teams where it's like they're also probably a little better than the record shows. I think they probably could have won that game against only the fam, which was their second loss of the year. But right. it's like it's a matter of putting all the pieces together. But I don't think they have the pieces to beat a team like the Ozone Boys. Right, I agree with you here. Mm. What do you want? What do we set this spread out? Oh, for we one? didn't set one for this one. For this one, uh, let's go Ozone. Let's go ten and a half for Ozone. Yeah, I was gonna say about eight and a half. So if you want to meet and go nine and a half, I'm good with that. Yeah, let's let's go nine and a half. They cover if they win by double digits. Oh, this is good. We're going to take it to a team now that backdoor, actually not backdoor covered. Um, the werewolves almost backdoor covered against them this week. We set the line at 21 and a half uh, for werewolves against only the fam and only the fam blows it in the fourth quarter and loses by a 21. So they still do cover. They still do win, but that's a good line. If I do say so myself, that was a good line, Danny. Mm. You've been getting a lot better. Yeah, yeah, that we had that one bad week. This week was a little bit better, but last uh, 8 PM, one week, one week we were a hundred percent. Yeah, one week we were a hundred percent. Um, I think the one week we were three and two. It was just that one week that we were one and four. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, that's life. And then this week, I think it was either three and two or four and one. I don't remember off the top of my head. But. The other 8 p.m. game, or actually one of the two 8 p.m. games, is only the fam and Sin City. Um, I'm going to favor Sin City in this one, but it makes it interesting if only the fam comes out and plays like they did those first three quarters against the Werewolves. Yeah, I think Sin City is going to come out and show only the fam why Sin City wasn't made for you um, <laughs> here and, uh, and, give them, and give them hell, so... I'm going to take uh, Booger Cousins here and, uh, and Sin City and uh, say that they win by seven and a half. Because I think they've yeah. been playing really well. I think seven they've been playing really good. well. Uh, yeah, I think Sin City's been playing really well and, and they're on a roll right now. So I think they get a win here. I think they're a better team all around than only the fam. I think the two bigs that they have down low are going to be able to kind of stifle them from getting to the rim. And, you know, Taj is going to play a great defense on the perimeter. Justin Tetsworth is going to play really well on the perimeter. So, um, you know, I think they get a win here. I think it might be a close one towards the end, but I, I'm good with a seven and a half. Um, even if you want to lower it down to like six and a half, I'm cool with that too. No, I feel like seven's a fine number. The other thing that I'm really interested in to see, and we, we'll touch on it next week when it's actually like the, the next matchup that Sin City has, but I feel like we've talked about how Duye's boys are able, always able to like eliminate the star power like the best player on a team. And I feel like Devin Devon Pina's uh, one bad game was against the Duye's boys. They have Lob City in week nine. So I'm really curious to see what he's going to do against them, whether it's a 
we just matched up really well and like knew how to stop him or because I think he's going to run circles around only the fam. I don't think only the fam has anybody big enough to stop him. Let me ask you a question to continue on that. Who is Ozone's leading scorer? Because if I'm correct, I believe it is Paul McGuire. Uh, it's, that's a good question. It could be Paul McGuire. It could be um, one of the Hogan's. Let me see. Well, I know we held one of the Hogan's to two points and Paul McGuire to a lower number than normal. Um, I'm curious to see if the Duyas boys held true to what has gone on all year and, and eliminated their best player. Uh, yes, but minimally. Paul McGuire's averaging about 17 points on the year, and I think he had 14 in the boy bowl. So, I mean, you kind of you took him out, but you also had who's, some guys that were scoring on, above there. That list? Who's what next you on that list for them? Who's next on that list? I'm pulling up the box score so I can compare it. Yeah, I want to see who their second leading scorer is. Uh, Pat Hogan. And and he had he 22 had points, and he averages 15. So, yeah, maybe a so, little bit less so of a killer game, I guess. But yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that was only not only the oh yeah only the Famson City. We said what seven and a half. Yeah, seven and a half. Okay, seven and a half for that one, and then our last one, which I believe is going to be game of the week because it is a matchup of two of the original franchises of this league. It's the werewolves and the halfway crooks. This one could have some playoff implications. It's four and two against three and three. So you could either have the werewolves really pull away and get one of those three or four seed spots, or you could have halfway notch them both up at four and three. <sighs> um, killer mentality wins here. I'm taking the werewolves by five and a half. Ooh, I was going to go a little closer than that. I was going to go werewolves three and a half. I think it's going to be a close game. I think they match up pretty well, but I do think that the werewolves, at least Brian has the dog in them and they're going to pull it out. So you want to meet and go four and a half? Yeah, let's go four and a half. The other thing, which I will say is they were talking on the post game show about how it's going to be like a big man battle. And they were like, Oh yeah. Jeff Winchell versus Connor Harrington. And Joey, I don't know if let it slip is the best way to talk about it. Cause he didn't let it slip. He like very explicitly said it. He was like, Jeff is not going to be guarding Connor Harrington. I let you figure out who it is that he's guarding. So unless Jeff is guarding Gino, I think it's very <laughs> proven here that the matchup is going to be Jeff Winchell <laughs> on Brian Heston, two of the best defensive players in the league. So I my, think that's going to be a really good my matchup. Question there, my question there is, Brian is a, a big guy. He's the biggest guy on the, on the werewolves. He's also a guard. Like, he's not a center, right? So can Jeff Winchell cover him on the perimeter all game? That's what um, I'm most curious I about. I mean, who else are you going to throw on? He'll body Spence. He's going to body Joey. He's going to body Mark. He's going to body Wilbur. He's arguably the best, one of the best players in the league. I mean, who do you throw on him? And he's, and he's too big to throw Spence or any of those small guys on him. You can't throw Jared on him. You got to throw somebody tall on him, but I just don't know. Like Brian is so good at getting to the hoop, and I just don't know if Jeff is quick enough to keep up with him. And it's almost matchup. a game so, that I know they would never do this, but it's almost a game that you want to see halfway play a zone. Because I feel right. like a, I feel like a zone might favor them well here. It might, because then you then you potentially eliminate that drive and kick from Brian to like a Gino or a 
Jared Ganser, right? But now you got to watch for the back door from uh, Connor Harrington because he's he's a he's a tree moving through there to get those dogs. So, you know, uh, they got the twin towers in uh, Heston and and uh, Harrington. You know, I mean, yeah, you know what they say: the mailman comes knocking, you tell him come in the back, the front's locked, and that's that's what Connor does best. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, you know, so. I think the werewolves take this one here. I think they got that dog in them. We know that they do. Um, and I'm, I'm going with a four and a half line. And I think Brian, ugh, I think Brian drops 35. I'm going to go 35, 35 and 17. Okay. That's fair. Pick. Um, one other thing I want to talk about, because this actually does concern a current halfway crook. It also concerns a current Duye's boy. And I want Joey to be aware of this. I think last year, either last year or two years ago, Brian became the second player in the Rhode Island League to reach a thousand points in his career. Cody was the first, and then Brian did shortly thereafter. Yeah, Brian Heston. Okay. And Cody got a graphic. Brian never got a graphic. I want Joey to be made aware of the fact that this year you potentially have or you at least have one but potentially have two more guys to enter that thousand point club in the rhode island league this year you got jared hansen on the halfway crooks who i think he's like 20 points away from a thousand career points and then you got john kutu and i did the math john's at 914 career points i think if they go to the championship this year if the duyes boys at least go to the finals that's a lock that John's also a thousand point career score. So I think Joey's got to be made aware of that. He's got to be ready for the graphic when the time comes. Johnny needs a graphic. And if Joey doesn't make him one, I'll make him a graphic. You know what else John needs? An MVP. He does. He needs an MVP. He, again, he, he I has mean, the one that matters. He does. Exactly. Have the finals MVP. He's got the finals MVP. He's got two all-star game MVPs, but he just, you never give him his due. Um, okay. But to close out, it's almost playoff season. We have kind of a log jam in the middle of the standings. If you take a look right here, I want to know this middle of the pack. I want to know what your ceiling and floor for all of these teams are like your best case scenario, worst case scenario for through the end of the playoffs or through the end of the regular season from today to the end of the playoffs. I want, let's go for, cause we know what, obviously what Duye's boys and lob ceiling is it's obviously it's a championship. championship let's go three through six let's go warriors through sin city because that's the the rest of the competitive group i would say i want to know what yep. you think each team's ceiling and floor is like what's their best case scenario what's their worst case scenario worst case scenario around warriors get bounced first round you know if the, if it, if they come out and flat and they come out and you know charles isn't ready to go um and, you know, potentially GM might have an off night. It's going to come at some point. Your worst case scenario is a first round exit, which I hate to say, because um, I think they're better than that. And I think your best case scenario is a semifinals appearance, to be honest with you. I think they have a chance to make it to the semis. I don't see them winning the championship or, or getting there, but that's their best case scenario for me. It's a semifinals exit. Um, I'd be happy if I'm them with the semifinals exit here. Um, just because I don't think that they're ready for a championship yet. Obviously, Duyes and Lobby City have bo- both been there, done that. So that's their best case scenario. Worst case scenario for them is losing a game in the playoffs for for Duyes and Lob. Just to touch on that, if they either one of those teams loses a game in the playoffs, that's your worst case scenario. 
neither one of those teams should should expect to even remotely think about losing a game to the finals. Um, but for the Warriors, that's me. First round exit and uh, you know semifinals appearance. Yeah, I, I they are a very good team. I think Joey was saying that like they've kind of proven that they're like kind of far and wide, far and away the third best team in the league. I I don't think that's the case. I still think that the Werewolves that. can could take them on a given night. I mean, they are they are a good team that if it wasn't coming down to the fact that you'd have to face either Duye's boys or Lob City in the semis, you could get to the championship. I still don't think you'd have to win because even if you play two of those teams, you could beat one. You're not beating both. No, no, for sure. Um, and, you know, if you want to pull that list back up, I think the next one was the Werewolves. It is. Yeah, I've got um, it pulled up over here on the side, so I can tell you as we get to it. But Werewolves are so Werewolves, their best case scenario is a championship. I think they're they they're two season to count them out of a championship. Um, most realistically, um, you know, you're probably looking at a semifinals appearance for them. Um, but I think worst case scenario for them is is not getting to the championship. They need they want to get back there. Um, you know, so for them, not getting to the championship is a loss. Um, but I think best case scenario, they can get there. I don't know if they have the the capability to i don't know if they have the capability to overcome ga's or lob uh, but you know for them that's their best case scenario for sure i mean we've i mean we've seen they play both of those teams incredibly defensively and i think that on the right night because we saw when they played lob there was attendance issues and i feel like attendance issues have slowly been becoming more of a lob problem as the weeks go on because jose hasn't been there for a little a little while but um you know, the right night against the wrong group of guys, the werewolves could could beat you. They always play the top teams very well defensively, and they always blow out the uh, the bottom end teams. So I think championship's not a bad goal to strive for if you're them. Right. All right, next we got halfway. Semifinals appearance is their ceiling. Um, I don't think they're ready to win a championship this year. I, I mean – they could go out there and prove everybody wrong. I just don't see it. Um, I think semifinals appearances, they're in the they're in the same boat as the as the Warriors for me. Semifinals appearances, your ceiling and your floor is getting bumped out in the first round if you have a bad night. Um, you know, I think that's what you have to be honest with yourselves. Are you guys really gonna make a push for that championship this year? If you do, good on you. But you know, I, I think your ceiling is getting to the semifinals and you're happy with that. If you get there, I think you live with that and you improve for next season. And, you know, you're not happy with a first round exit for sure. You're not happy with that. So um, that's where I see that for their ceiling and floor. I think the big thing is how these last two weeks of the season go, because it's a 10 man bracket. We have seven, eight, nine, 10 seeds doing play in games almost, but those play in games and the quarterfinals are on the same night. So you really don't want to be one of those bottom four seeds because then you've got to play two games in one night. And if you're a team like Sin City or Halfway, who are both three and three, but you never know if only the fam could squeak out another win and overtake you. If you fall to seven and now you've got to play two games the first night of the playoffs, that's it's not a good look. Right. All right. And then last is Sin City, who was tied with the Halfway Crooks at three and three. But if my math serves me correct, I believe 
halfway still has the edge in the RPI. So if they did end up tied at the end of the year, halfway does take the edge on them. Ceiling is a playoff win, uh, winning a game in the playoffs. Um, I don't think they're ready, um, but I think winning a game, you're happy. You you improve on that for next season. You move on. Floor is if they have to be in that play-in tournament. You don't want to be that if you're them. You don't want to even sniff the play-in tournament if you're them um, because then you have to play back-to-back games, and your second game is going to be against one of the top teams in the league. So I would any team that can needs to fight for their life to stay out of that out of that play-in tournament for sure yeah and then as far as ceilings and floors go i think that's it for the teams we wanted to cover but i'm really curious to see how these last three games in two weeks go for the ozone boys because i don't think think, i don't think they have enough juice left to get out of that playing tournament i think they've kind of played themselves into that hole but i would really love to see which draw they get if they end up having to play the play-in game where you win and face the one seed or if you win and face the two yeah, hey, your ceiling is if you beat one of those one or two seeds, you're in great shape, and you're happy with that. Yeah, because uh, I think the way it works out, it's like if the Ozone Boys win two of their last three games and steal the seven seed, all of a sudden you're playing bogey kicks in the first round, and then you get lob in the second round. So, I mean, at least you get right. that one playoff win. Yeah, you get that one playoff win, but I think – they don't they they're not going to care too much for a win against bogey in the playoffs they're not going to be happy with that so winning that second game after the play-in tournament is going to be a, a win for them if they can do that yeah i mean you just got that what was i what was i telling you ozone is kind of like um they play the second french horn in the school band they just got to yes. play better yeah exactly they yeah. just have to play better um i like when you sneak those little things in there yeah you know good you just got to keep on um, carry on, you know, and, and they just got to play better. You're right. They got to do what they're good at and uh, you know, and, and win these last couple of games. If you win out, you're in a great spot. Yeah. If you can beat lob all the gratitude, you're in a great spot. And uh, yeah, you'll I be think if, they, if they went out, they finished 500. And after that start, yeah. they had finishing 500 would be crazy. Crazy. And that'd be huge for them in the standings. Um, so, you know, who we'll see who knows, but uh no, I think that that's their ceiling and floor. And I don't think it's necessary to touch on everybody else. I mean, what's the ceiling for bogey? What's the floor for them? You know what I mean? They're- I think the ceiling for bogey is a first round exit and their floor is half the roster doesn't show up and they have to forfeit the playing game. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's where I'm at with that. So it's not even necessary to touch on that, but anything else you want to talk about, Danny? No, that, that about does it for me. All right. You want to give right. us the outro? Yeah, that's going to wrap it up for, what was this week? Six. Six. That's going to wrap it up for the week six uh, low post podcast. I'm Dan Ruggiero. I'm BJ Thomas. And, uh, you know, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, take care and uh, brush your hair. <laughs>